Blog Talk Radio. Just sweet love. 
um, wow. with, with um, the kids can't use their own gymnasiums. They can't take gym class or do any physical activities or anything because they got the homeless people in the gyms. So you mm-hmm. can cancel that out. They put the homeless people in the hotels. You got the Roe Hotel, Roe, R-O-W-E. This is a luxury hotel brand out of South mm-hmm. Korea. It's like the South Korean version of a Hyatt or a Marriott, you know, um, very mm-hmm. exclusive. And they have a few in New York. So they tried to be accommodating, you know, past, um, following this liberal agenda. So they let the immigrants stay in their hotel. And um, after almost eight months of them being there, the whole thing is structurally in, in te- the structural integrity of the hotel is all messed up. The employees are speaking out. They're saying, like, they got hired to work at a hotel, not to take care of homeless people. They said that they, the rules is they can't even go in these people's rooms, even though it's their hotel. He said you got people who are just letting the water run all day and night. So it's all just going down to the floor underneath them and the ceilings are falling down on the floors underneath them, and they can't get in there and make the people turn the water off. And, uh, all so the why are so they of, sabotaging? So the people are yeah. So why is they, you know, so they, they, they was brought over here to destroy and sabotage. Mm-hmm. So they sabotage it, disrupt. right? And then, mm-hmm. and then uh, on top of that, they have... Um, a lot of drug problems with them. So they're saying how they, they're not supposed to have drugs or alcohol. They're sneaking it in, and um, they were finally allowed to do a search on them on their way in because they got so many fights and things due to drugs and alcohol that the, they finally eased up the, the rules so now they could search them on their way in. So now they're putting the drugs and alcohol in the baby's pampers and stuff so that, mm. you know, they can't touch the kids. Yeah. This is yeah. the second takeover. We had one takeover already when when the when they came over here and took over from mm-hmm. the uh, the original people. Now now we're dealing with another takeover of our land. Exactly, exactly. And they said that the um the kids uh, that are being abused, the kids that are, they have a bunch of, like, they had an 11-year-old and a 10-year-old brother. They were both drunk, um, suffered from alcohol intoxication. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they called the, um, the police and the fire department, you know, the um, ambulance. So the ambulance came, took them to the hospital, but they couldn't put an ACS case on them because they have some type of impunity where you don't have the right to to do anything to their kids. So they got rights that we don't even have. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, because for one thing, they're not U.S. citizens. And if you mm-hmm. are a U.S. citizen, you are property of the corporation, which is the United States. So Exactly. You And so they have rights. That's how come a lot mm-hmm. of people that that our U.S. citizens, they are often out of becoming U.S. citizens and becoming a republic uh, because mm-hmm. they control you. They control 
your you, your family, your kids. They can come get your kids whenever they want to. But if you're not working uh, under the corporation, which is the U.S. citizen, they can't do nothing. And that's why these people getting all these privileges because they're not U.S. citizens. Yeah, that, yeah, so um, I can see this now becoming something black people are doing because this is a quick, easy come up for them, right? Take their, take their mm-hmm. extra room and uh, let one of these immigrants stay in their house and uh, mm-hmm. around them and their kids. And who knows what's going to happen to the kids because most of these are men. Exactly. Because yeah. um, they don't have, they have all types of shelters and stuff for women, so they don't have a problem handling the women and children. Their problem is with the male immigrants because the system isn't designed to help men. You know, if right. a woman is homeless, you know, she goes to a shelter, they give her, you know, some all types of stuff. If a man's homeless, he goes to the park. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He got to go to the beach. You know, so they, they, these men are now the ones they're going to be letting in these people's houses. Now, we don't know these people's criminal records or nothing. We don't know their real names, right? His name, right. You could say his, his name is Jose Rodriguez, but he's really Juan Ortiz or something. You know what I'm saying? We don't right. know. You know, it's crazy how they're doing it. And to me, to me, this is like the, their military, because if you, if mm-hmm. you think about it, if, you, if you're doing a coup on a country, your own people is not going to fight against each other. You got to bring in some outside forces to fight the people. So to me, and when I was looking at all these people coming in, I didn't see a lot of women and children. Yes, there was some there, but I saw more young men. That's like an army to me. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these um, countries are gang-ridden. They're narcotics, you know. They ran by the cartels and families that, um, you know, that that run the area, and you know, those people come up here. We're thinking that hey, that's just a regular person that needs help. That person probably is a straight up beggar. You know what I'm saying? They are most of them I've seen. That's that's what they look like. And you look at their clothes. They ain't all poor. I mean, they're not shabby looking. They a lot of them got new gym shoes on. Just look at what yep. they're wearing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I see them all with some coming or stepping off with Nikes and matching hats and stuff. Right. Like, what do you, do, you know, Thank they ain't you. no good going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that's what's been happening so, here. And I'm gearing up mm-hmm. for the, um, they're about to start shooting them things in the air. Um, you know, stupid firecrackers everywhere. I can't stand. Oh yeah. Every year they go yeah. crazy. You know, but mm-hmm. um, yep. And, oh, and you don't know. Did what you see Joe Biden fall? Firecracker. He fell uh, again. I I heard about it, but oh I no no no! He, did I, he, fall? he fell like last. I think Dr. X might have spoke about it last week, but he fell. Um. Okay. You know, it's, it's funny to me, right? Down the steps. Did he fall nah, this time he, did, he gave a speech and he turned around and he just fell. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he's uh, he, he's old, man. I don't know what we're going to do with Joe. You know, but I to me, it makes the country look weak. 
you know, when your leader can't even turn around and walk. You know what I'm saying? It's, but it's just like a sign of weakness. That's what they're yeah, doing. That's, this, this is all part of the plan. Exactly. It's like, man, we go from Obama to Trump to these guys to move around and, and hold the crowd, and then this guy, he can't even finish a sentence. It's like, what are we doing here? We're back to George Bush, you know? So, yeah, this is bad. But um, he, he tripped, and they said it was a, a bag of sand there or something. But what yeah, was right. crazy was I sent the video to my mother and my aunt, right? Because they're, you know, biggest mm-hmm. Joe Biden supporters in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he just tripped over a bag of sand. You know, that could have happened mm-hmm. to any of us. And so I was like, well, what mm-hmm. other president you ever seen trip? And, you know, well, he's older. Mm-hmm. Than they come up with all kinds of excuses, man. It's just mm-hmm. like, come on. Man. So, yeah, he's, um, I think that they need to, um, Stop his, stop him from running again before he embarrasses everybody, man. He's he, he can't stand has. on stage. He can't stand on stage with Trump. Trump will embarrass him really bad, you know, and that's just gonna make us look worse again. You know, the country gonna look bad. This is the president being just totally washed up, you know. Um, how long he been in the office? Mm-hmm. Two years. He's been in office no, two is, years. We've been looking. What's this? Three. Right? Three uh, years he's been in 20, office. Yeah, 2020, okay. 2021, 2022. Right. We're in 2023. So then this year is over. 2024, there should be a campaign in November next year. That's why they all run well, for president are, now. They got to. Yeah. Go ahead. He already made the country look bad. I mean, he did it for three years, so, you know, mm-hmm. and this is, again, all of this is tied in into, into the takeover. And you can't take over a country with a strong president, so what they do, they put the, the weak figurehead in there while on one hand, while on the other hand, they bringing all their soldiers in. Yeah, it seems like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got a whole army, of these, whole army, a whole Catholic army coming over here, right? Yeah. They're all a bunch of Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. the people we doing? And then we want to we want to react after after the fact. Well, we should be stopping it now, but nobody. We just talking about it. Everybody what it is like, is that what can you do? The, Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, our our people are not black first. They are Democrats first. So this is the mm-hmm. Democrats' agenda. So as long as it is, they're going to stop and defend it at every chance they get. You know, they're going to come up with all these excuses. Well, what what happened in these people's country? That's why they're here. You know, they you know they got to think back to what they saw on CNN. They don't have an answer. You know, they're going to make something up on the fly, and then when you challenge them, it's, you know, it, well, they're here already. What's the big deal? You know, it's, they let the white people come here, and it's, it's all types of excuses and stuff. Um, but when white people come here, they don't live amongst us. You know, they go live amongst mm-hmm. the other white people. We don't even see them. We don't even know who they bringing over here. You know what I'm saying? We don't, that, that totally uh, unoblivious to us, like, you know, but these people seem to be moving amongst us. 
They come in into our yeah. neighborhoods. They take in our space. And we're already a poor, disenfranchised group in this country. Why would you want to share the little bit we have with someone else? It just makes no sense to me. But, um, you know, we have a virtuous people, man. They love everybody who hates them. <laughs> sick. We have a, we they we sick, as they say. Somebody mm-hmm. asking here, uh, have you noticed more Asians uptown because they seem to be taking over downtown in Brooklyn, in the Navy Yard in Brooklyn? Not in Harlem. Um, yeah, not in Harlem. Um, Okay. So they say Asians. What they mean? Chinese, Chinese-looking people, or, or Hindus? Because they both Asians, you know. But oh, I, I, um, mm-hmm. Chinese people always been in certain areas in New York, like. Uh, but their big stronghold is called Flushing, Flushing Queens. That's where the majority of the Asian people in New York live in Flushing Queens. Um, but they they always been some, and those are mostly the Koreans because the Chinese people tend to live in downtown Brooklyn area or downtown Manhattan. So I always seen them there. I, I don't know unless there's an well, influx of them. This, that's what this person is saying. They're saying Chinese, and they're saying that it's more of them in in Brooklyn. They they say more have moved in, and they in the Navy Yard now. Of Brooklyn, so that's where they heard and all the Chinese. Yeah, because I heard that there was a um, huge amount of Chinese people that came across the border, not yeah. just Mexicans coming across the border. The right. African people you see, all these people are somehow getting to Mexico, and then you know walking across the border somehow, like they come mm-hmm. from all over the world. But uh, yeah. I heard that it's. It's like four out of ten of the people are Asian, Chinese-looking yeah. Asian people. Yeah. So it wouldn't shock me because where, where would they go? They're going to go to New York, and they're going to go to San Francisco because that's their strongholds. So they probably got okay. a lot of them there. They got their own everything, though. See, Chinese people are very industrious, like the ones in New York in particular. They got their own bus mm-hmm. companies, right? Um so, like, let's just say, like, um, if I want to go down when my daughter was in college, if I caught the bus to see her, I could catch the Greyhound, or I could catch the Chinese bus. The Chinese bus is, like, $14. The Greyhound is, like, 7 mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. but they, they have a lot of accidents in their buses. I, I don't know. I tell I Chinese people can't drive to me. They never could drive. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't trust okay. them being in a bus with them. And they don't okay. smell too good to me either. But, um, right. you know, that's my stereotypes, you know. I don't like Chinese food. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. I don't know. It's some about them. But um, that mm-hmm. wouldn't shock me, man. So Brooklyn Navy Yards, they could probably and see the Chinese people got enough money and power where they could have purchased or, or rented out space for their people to, to stay at when they come here. You know what I'm saying? So that that wouldn't be unlike them. Because uh, if you remember when that, um, they had a brother who was in the projects in Brooklyn, I think he was in the pink houses, and he went to dump his garbage. And when he dumped his garbage um, through the the garbage compactor, the the thing slammed, and the cop 
Chinese cop who was um he was um patrolling the stairway, not looking for any crime or nothing, just doing a random patrol of the stairway, he heard the slam and just shot the brother and killed him. His name was Gurley, mm-hmm. his last name was Gurley. And then the Chinese mm-hmm. people did all kinds of marches and stuff because, you know, they didn't want this this Chinese cop to go to jail. He should be treated like white cops are when they killed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they actually didn't do nothing to this dude, you know. So that mm-hmm. that's um unfortunate. But, yeah, Chinese people have a lot of power in New York. It's not spoken about. But New York and San Francisco, they have a lot of power, and that's banks and technology. You know, New York banks mm-hmm. and San Francisco, the technology, you know, and they're also suing black people. You know that? The no. Chinese people are suing. Yeah, they're suing uh, because they feel like we shouldn't get affirmative action because they don't get it. So uh, when we get spots in, like, Harvard, they might allocate certain spots for oh, black yeah, students. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that the Chinese people are saying that's not fair because they don't really belong there. See, my kid belongs there because my kid's really smart. And, you know, that's a, mm. that's a, even though that black kid had to get all his whole life to get there, to get that scholarship, right? They don't want to hear mm-hmm. that. You know, he's a, you know, so, you know, you got to watch the Chinese people, man. I'm, I always watch them because I, I know they're not our friends. And a, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people, their culture and stuff, and I'm never like, you know, and the, even like the karate movies and stuff, because mm-hmm. I've seen Chinese people get beat the shit out of them, man. Like y'all can't even beat homeless people up, you know what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't know about that karate stuff, man. I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. maybe that's just uh, something that they, because uh, that shit don't work for y'all at all, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I ain't never seen nobody get beat up by people who talk to themselves, and um, and, and to the point where they got to make a hate crime law. You know, to to stop it. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I hate to be yeah, and, and they but. and they say that uh, that they took over the Brooklyn Tech High School. Yeah, I know that for sure. Cause um, I'm a, I work not too far from Stuyvesant High, which is the mm-hmm. preeminent um technology school probably in the country, and they they're as I'm, you know, go outside and take my little breaks and step away, and I might go outside to get some sunshine and some fresh air, and you watch the kids going to school there, it's all Asians. You know, a few white kids, few black kids, and even the black kids that you see, you could tell, like, they're probably not too much too popular in their neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? They're kind of awkward. Uh, but, yeah, I see them all going to, to, to that school. So, yeah, they're, they're to me, the Asians are very... Um, smart, right? Um, because they they follow um, the rules of how you do things. Uh, so if it says, you know, take a shirt and fold it down the middle and then fold it in half and then take the arms and fold them this way and then fold the collar that way, they're going to follow that same process every time. You know what I'm saying? Whereas some, a normal person is going to say, I could just flip this this way and do it that way. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, cause we, right. We're more creative. They're not creators. They innovate on things that's already been created because right. they follow the process of it. You know, whereas we always, like, once it's been created, we want to the next thing. We don't think like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, 
And for schooling, where everything is memory, they're perfect. You know what I'm saying? Because all you got to do is memorize it. You know, and most right. people aren't going to take the time to sit there and memorize it. Um, like when I went to school, I went to Catholic school, and then at this time we started getting a lot of Haitians and Africans, and we're talking probably in the late 80s, mid 80s, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. were just coming in to the school, and, um, you know, we, we were friendly to them. They were nice, you know, um, but they were – the Africans in particular, very smart. And I remember that we had, like, to do a report and read it so in front of the class. That was part of the presentation, was your oral presentation. And uh, when it was the, the African girl's turn, she said, I don't need to read it. I memorized it. She gave it to the teacher so she could read it. And she sat there, and I said, damn, how it took another couple hours to memorize all this. Like, man, she really working hard, you know. So it kind of showed me that you, they apply themselves more than us, you know. We we mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. we know it, and we kind of just do the bare minimum. Whereas they go over and above, and we need to get back to that. But um, yeah, we, we don't apply ourselves in certain things. Um, but man, Brooklyn, I could see that, man. So. A lot of people I work with are from um, China, and they all seem to live in Brooklyn, but all in, like, the mm-hmm. Brooklyn Heights area. And I'm thinking, oh, you need money to live there, you know, Williamsburg area, you know. So I could see that. And he's saying the Navy Yards, which is over by Red Hook. You know, now I know mm-hmm. the Chinese people ain't moving in Red Hook. But that's the project. You ain't going there. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, that's, wow. Um, yeah. But this so, week I wanted to so talk now. about... Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Oh yeah. No, I was just saying no, no. that we, the black people, got to really take a look at this because we're the ones being under attack because they're moving into our neighborhoods, like you said. Absolutely. So yeah. We, we we we're not responding, you know. So it's it's either the chemtrails. The uh, they they all stuck onto the uh, like you say the uh, Democrats. Uh, they being mm-hmm. manipulated by the media, but it all seems like it's focused on black folks. So we the ones that's really being under attack, and we was the ones that was here originally. So we always been the ones that's been under attack. Mhm. And and so what you like. The Democrats are so slick with it, right? Because yeah. in order to fix the immigration problem, they just need to go to Congress and pass a law. They're going to have to agree on something. But mm-hmm. the Democrats know this is their new voting base. So yeah. in public, they're going to go all out to make it seem like they're doing everything to accommodate these people. But no one treats them worse than the Democrats, though. Because the Democrats and the, on the other side are the people that get rid of them the most, too. You know, yeah. like, no one rounded up more people and kicked them out the country than Obama. I think it was like 13 million. He went around looking for them. You know what I'm saying? They were scared to go to the hospital in certain places because they would get um, told. So, you know, but the media never positions it that way because they're always going to make you think the Democrats are good. You know, so, you know, but the Democrats are the ones who will 
are the real racists. You know, they, they were the Dixie crowd. It was the slave owners. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Them, the Democrats. So anytime they want to, they're going to they gonna crack the hammer. When they crack the hammer on these people, and I would say if a significant amount of these people vote Republican, they're going to be gone. You know what I'm saying? They're going to get rid of them quick. And it's going to be uh, in such an inhumane way. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. Because I, I say, man, just pick them up and throw them over the damn border. But they they have the kid that's here. You know what I'm saying? So once they have the child, they feel like yeah. they can stay now, especially the, the yeah. women, right? I wouldn't care about that. Your kid can stay, but right. you got to go. You could take your kid right. with you. He could come back at, when he's 18, an adult. He could come back. He don't need nothing but his ID to come in. He's a citizen. But until he's able to take care of himself, you could take, we could put him in our nice care system, or you could take him back down to your country and, and when he's 18, you know, maybe he could come and do the, go through the process and send for you. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, it's it's got to be uh, a way that we handle this where it's not going to look pretty, you know, because the laws were written for white people who's coming here. Of course, they're not trying to send them back nowhere. So now you want to send people back, you know. It's like, hmm, y'all going to have to, y'all going to have to show y'all true colors again. You know, y'all going to have to be what we know. We know where y'all are, but y'all try to act to everybody else like y'all ain't that. So we're going to see, you know. But if they don't go out and vote Democratic, they're going to be gone. Guarantee that. And we need to start trying to do for self and quit depending on all of them are invaders. The the whole government is is an invader. So we, we need to be doing for self and quit looking for the invaders to uh, help us. They not One invader taking over another. They all invaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. We got to do for self. And um, I think a lot of this technology will help us do for self, uh, like the blockchain, because we can work together and no one can't cheat each other. Like a lot of the things that cause us not to work together, the technology kind of can, through everything being transparent and everyone can see what everyone else is doing, you feel a little bit more comfortable investing with each other and, you know, doing things with each other when you know you can't get cheated. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that, mm-hmm. that causes a huge problem. It's this um, guy on YouTube. Uh, his name is um, JT the Pocket Watcher. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen him. But he's a board-certified financial advisor. He has his own accounting and auditing firm, I think, in St. Louis. It might be Louisville. It's one of those Louises, right? And um, okay. he's a black guy, and what he does mm-hmm. is he he does a video videos often where he looks at because you see so many black people trying to sell you on a real estate thing they got going on or trying to mm-hmm. fix your credit for you or do all these mm-hmm. things. And what he does is he shows you that these dudes is frauds. You know, he pulls up all people yeah. who lost money with them. He pulls up uh, all their prior cases that they had under other aliases and, and other states, and you know. So he has been exposing like um, the Earn Your Leisure podcast and all those people like constantly bringing people on who are scam artists, 
and they get a little piece of it, you know, like it's a, it's, it's been a lot he's been exposing, and that's wow. the problem in our community because he's been going at he went at polite, he went at um um Umar, um right. Jay Morrison, bunch of people who okay. come with these um get rich quick or I'm gonna help you with this or we're gonna you gonna buy my crypto and all this stuff, and then it's really mm-hmm. a scam. But that gives us all a bad name, you know what I'm saying? Because when I look at the so-called conscious community, all I could think of is all the scammers, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, when mm-hmm. I go amongst them, I treat them a certain way. Like, you know, a bunch of scam artists, man, get out of here, you know? Because mm-hmm. I see how y'all going to be around him and y'all know he's scamming. See, like, come on, like, y'all with him. So you you can't tell me you don't know he's scamming and, you know, it's all over the internet. He's a scammer, but y'all still cool with him. So that makes me think that y'all in on the scam too. You know, it's like um. So do I, I got do they show? I got caught. Do they mm-hmm. show? Do they show? That, do he show how they scamming and things? Oh, he just oh, saying yeah. they scamming. Oh, he show uh, you. Like um, what's the dude name? Man, um, Kwame likes this dude. Um. <sighs> He talks about aliens and stuff all the time, man. Oh, you talk, are you talking Billy, about young Billy Carson? Billy Carson. Oh, Billy Carson. Okay. okay. Oh, man. Okay. He, so Billy Carson, who he'll play him during his speech. He's a Harvard graduate, he says. Right. And all this stuff. So then he goes to Harvard. <laughs> it's, no, it's only one person that has graduated named Billy Carson. He shows the picture. It ain't history. But he has a certificate from Harvard. So that what mm-hmm. he did was he went on a – Harvard gives free classes online, right? They, mm-hmm. they might give a Microsoft Word class. You know what I'm saying? You go there, you mm-hmm. take it for free. When you finish the course, they send you a certificate from Harvard. So it's all pretty. You know, oh, look, I got a certificate from mm-hmm. Harvard. That ain't a damn degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's a certificate. So and then he pulls up his mug shots in Florida – how he ran a scheme there, which was pretty much doing what he's doing now, but under different names. I mean, come on. It's like, come on. Yeah, people, his, his real name isn't Carlson. It's Carlson. It, it, it's like when, when, you find, when, you, when he finishes with you, you're thoroughly, you know, you're sending a cease and desist to him, but you can't. He challenges the cease and desist because he presents to them all the, the facts. I didn't lie on him. You know what I'm saying? So that goes to the cease and desist because you're going to get your YouTube channel taken now for making a false allegation on him. So, yeah, he he just goes through them, man. And um, I appreciate someone who does that because I I listen to these people, and it sounds so good, man. All you got to do is, you know, because you can't get a loan here, what you do is you just take out this and you go get a car loan and take the car loan because they're not going to give you a house loan you know, take the $90,000 car loan and put it here. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. And then, you know, he'll show you how that's banked for. <laughs> you know, that's banked for. You're going to do eight years. You know, you keep doing this. Like, come on, it's, it's too much. People get away with stuff because it's a lot of paperwork that just goes through the system, but it comes to catch up with you, you know. <clears throat> but I think that, and also I, you have to kind of be careful too because it works both ways because – when you start doing things uh, 
and finding out how the system do it, and you because the the system is full of fraud and trickery. So when you mm-hmm. find out how to do certain paperwork and things a certain way, they come back and say that you are committing fraud and things like that. Where because they don't want other people to do you know what you found out how to do it. So you 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 know I have to really look into when they say people are fraud. I mean, do you you have to look and see what they're doing and are other people that have worked with them are they saying mm-hmm. okay yeah I can this person I went to jail because I did what this person said I you know because I know that the system used that. Especially when you figuring well, out his, their program. His show, he usually he starts with the people that lost the money, dealing with the regular okay. people like you and me who went to the people and now were coming to him mm-hmm. saying, "Yo, I, this dude, I can't. I gave him, man. They gave this dude um, uh, he broke down the guy Caesar. I don't know if you've been following that. This guy Caesar, uh-uh, his name with, Caesar. He's down with DJ Envy from the Breakfast Club." And oh, okay. they have a flipping house type of thing that they do. I didn't know. Okay. I, I don't watch the Breakfast Club. I just catch a highlight. Charlamagne says something. Yeah. But uh, either way, this guy, he bought on several times. And he's like, invest with us. Don't invest on your own. Invest with us because we already got the groundwork and everything rolling. And so they take in money. Like one lady said, she's giving $300,000. Three hundred thousand dollars to find out they they didn't buy one house. They, you know what I'm saying. This is all a, a scam. Um, th- what they have is a bunch of houses that are going to be demolished. There's no way they can't. You know, their structurally integrity. They they failed inspection. They're going to be demolished. You buy them for pennies on the dollar, and now it makes it look like you got this portfolio of all these houses. You know what I'm saying? But those houses, when you lie to them, they 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 on stilts, you know what I mean? And um, people invested thinking that they getting stuff, and so this is, the feds are involved now. So that's because they that's mm-hmm. a lot of money that they took in the Breakfast Club being such a large platform, and for him to sit there and say he's he does it, he makes money with this guy and all this stuff, and find out that he he also been cheated out of five hundred thousand, you know what I'm saying? So. It's like, come on, man. When, when does it stop to the point where we see someone scheming, and we could at least confront them with it? If they not, if they not scheming, fine. Prove you not. But we should be able to, because that's the same thing Umar does. When you ask him about mm-hmm. the school, he he slides into this. Man, if you ain't send no money, I ain't got to tell you nothing unless you, you know. It's like, wait a minute, though. I did mm-hmm. send money though. Oh, but you know, but mm-hmm. you know, you only sent eighty dollars. See, I'm, I only talk to my board. It, it's it's going to be another layer that of people that you know. But we'll see. With this right. one, this one's going federal. This one is a big okay. one. Okay. Yeah, right. this one is huge. Uh, but this week I wanted to talk about the robot tax, and um, mm-hmm. we did a show before on universal basic income, and this is a. Uh, Another proposal that they're making to go alongside with universal basic income to um, quell society's uh, anxiety on not having any jobs anymore, you know? 
Um, so we did the show about the jobs that are going to be lost to the AI when Chat GPT came out. There's like 30 things on the list, and I did another show with some jobs that will still be around, skills and things that maybe we need to look into. Um, so I just want to keep in mind that AI um, is one thing. This is automation, automation. And um, when you put those two things together, that's the, the big killer, those two things together. Uh, automation can be defined as the technique of making an apparatus, a process, or a system that operates automatically without a person. The state of being operated automatically, automatically controlled operation of an apparatus, process, or system by mechanical or electronic device that takes place of a human labor. Uh, synonyms for automation is mechanization, robotization, electrification, computerization, motorization, and cybernation. Um, so these are the processes of machines that do the jobs of humans. Now, when you take that automated process and you tack AI to it, so it never thought on its own before. It just did what it was programmed to do, but now it's able to think on its own. Now it's able to do more things, which makes it more efficient. Um, industrialization reaches its precipice when it becomes more efficient. The more efficient it becomes, the less things are needed um, within the, the system. Machines are much more proficient than humans. Um, but they're not as efficient. And I'll give you an example. A screwdriver, uh, everyone's seen a screwdriver before. You grab the screwdriver, you place a screw on it, and try to screw it, screw that, screw, uh, uh, um, you take the screwdriver, you put a screw on it, and you try to screw it through a piece of wood using your hands. And it takes a lot of force and torque. You know, after a few minutes, your fingers are sore. Um, it, you know, trying to screw that through the wood manually. Um, the screw might start to shift position as you put more weight this way. You can't keep it in a straight line as you're screwing it through, you know, so you apply more force to go sideways. And um, you can take that same screw and put it on an electric drill and put that electric drill to the wood and squeeze the button, and that screw goes straight through, right through that piece of wood with no problem. It's not going to hurt your hands. It's not going to take any of your labor. And, um, you know, the drill could be an old Milwaukee, a boss, a Black and Decker craftsman, DeWalt, whatever. It's going to all do the same thing. Um, so that's pretty much how automation works. These Things now went from humans screwing things in or in factories to the machine screwing those things in, and it did it much more efficiently than the humans could, right? But now that machine is going to get a brain, okay? So that machine could now not only screw it, could weld, it could do all, all other things it could do now because it could think for itself. It has a, a mind of its own, so to speak. So um, that's automation. Uh, and that's the real killer uh, combined with 
uh, AIs, that's what your cars are, what automated. That means they're driving on their own, you know, automation. Um, trucks, self-driving cars, all those things are automated. You know, there's all parts of a machine thinking for itself, using GPS, using cameras, using sonar, radar, um, LIDAR, and all other things to figure out its environment. So it's making the best choices on its own without the human. Um, so automation combined with artificial intelligence makes it much more um, uh, efficient for businesses, for everything. And with the jobs being lost, what will happen is we'll have two options as a society. You'll have totally total lawlessness, never-ending riots, maybe a rebellion by the people against the the, the, the government, or we'll have redistribution of wealth, and it's no need for riots and all those things because everyone will have money, and that's what they're going towards. They don't want a June 6th nationwide, okay, January 6th, rather, nationwide. They want to implement this system, and even though it's going to take away people's jobs and livelihoods, have a system in place that will meet their needs without them being upset or angry. Um, We'll further explain. Um, Once automation becomes the key, the GDP will explode. Um, Automation and AI will bring billions of dollars into the government. Um, Capitalism will be great for capitalism, will be great for banks, corporations, private sector, public sectors, and especially the government. But for the everyday citizen, the regular guy, the regular girl, the average person, it's going to be a disaster because we depend on our jobs. We depend on the relationships we have through work and um, things of those natures. So um, this is going to be like a total uproot of how we did things, how we function. You know, what, what gives you purpose in life? A lot of people's purpose comes through their jobs through their work. A lot of people you'll see they retire, and within a week or two they die. You know, have you ever heard of that, Ben? Someone retired from a job after 35, 50 years. You know, they finally retired, and then a couple weeks later they died. You know, it was like they didn't have a purpose anymore. Right. Um, to fix this unforeseen issue, this rather foreseen issue, the powers that be propose this robot tax. Robot tax meaning redistribution of benefits obtained through technology automation. And that's a acronym, robot tax. Robot R robot uh, redistribution O of the benefits O obtained technology A automation. And then the X is by itself, you know. So what is the robot tax? It's a comprehensive proposal uh it's like unlike ubi it's not going to be an entitlement okay so universal basic income when we did the show on that that's going to be an entitlement so if they say two thousand dollars a month goes to every citizen every citizen will get the two thousand dollars a month just like uh any other entitlement um uh, but and of course the government 
you know, here in the United States, we have several entitlement programs, um, Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, unemployment, welfare, food stamps. All of those are entitlement programs. You, all you have to do is meet the criteria and be a citizen and you get those things. Entitlement programs are rights granted to citizens to certain and, to, and also to certain non-citizens by federal law. The programs are either contributory or non-contributory. So even in certain cases, and we spoke earlier about the immigrants, if an immigrant has a child and they go to public assistance, they're going to get public assistance for that child because that child is a U.S. citizen. You know, that's an entitlement that that child receives. You know, they might not be able to get the extra money for themselves, being that they're not a U.S. citizen, but any U.S. citizen is entitled to those things if they come on hard times or if they need it, right? Um, but this was this is going to work more like a, a, a tax, a sales tax, or a gas subsidy, or a liquor tariff, not like a entitlement. Um, as AI produces more, the robot tax yields will have more, um, will increase more. So the more robots companies get, the more those robots do, the more they can tax those companies for having those robots. Incentives, economic change through automation, AI, and job displacement. So um, what this is going to do is as the AI and automation comes in and people lose their jobs, this will be able to make their lives a little bit more easier by having this tax being proposed on companies for robots that will now go to society and do things within the society. Um, just like the taxes we have now go to fixing roads, tunnels, bridges, and all those other things, these taxes will now supplement for the taxes that they won't get from people not working. So uh, even though we don't, we, we won't, we won't work. There won't be any jobs. So they could tax the robots and still have all the potholes filled, and still uh, pay for education, and still uh, do all the things that our tax paper, our tax money used to do. Uh, if that makes sense to y'all, um, you know, actually, uh, it, uh, it actually encourages the economy to replace human labor and rewards benefits businesses for investing in robots, AI, automation, economic, the economic promise of AI automation should be embraced, not forced. So once this robot tax is implemented, businesses are going to do everything they can to get rid of the people and replace them with a robot. They have incentives to now because there's a tax, you see, and of course the government will make it a higher tax if you're paying people than if you're paying the robot. So um, in order for businesses not to incur or, or those extra taxes, they're going to have to get rid of the people and high, get the buy robots, lease them, however they do them, to replace them. Um, and um, it encourages the companies. Like now it's going to be, um, let's take Amazon, who has warehouses full of people working with machines together. And 
now they say, listen, man, those people have to go because we're going to get more out of the machines, um, more work out of the machines, right? But people fought back. They said, no, we want to keep our jobs. So they keep a certain amount of jobs for people. But now that it's going to be the government coming in and giving them the incentives to bring more robots in because the more robots they bring in, the more taxes the government can collect from them. So they're going to make it damn near impossible for you to hire people once they're going to get their money from taxing the robots. Does that make sense? So uh, that's what they want to do. Uh, it protects citizens by ensuring they get a slice of the pie. Um, like I said, this tax will come down. It, it could be rolled out as money in your pocket. So these, you know, um, this robot took your job and now, you know, that they tax that robot and it goes to you. As, but more than likely, it's going to go toward, um, oh, we'll, we'll get into what I think it's going to go toward later. Um, this also protects national security by incentivizing AI research. Um, and once again, once this goes online, the number one people that's going to have to come in and regulate all this and, and all these things is going to be the government. So they're going to make a huge profit off of this through the regulation, through the taxes and tariffs. So they, they're going to be first in line to put money behind the new innovations, the new um, technologies that are coming out, whereas they're, they're not quite there yet. The colleges and the, and the, the defense department kind of are those people, but now it's going to be coming straight from the White House um, because the more they can tax the robots, the more they make, and this is a business. Um, Robot tax will reward companies for having robots and replacing humans with automation. It will force companies to compete by removing people, buying automated robots, furthering and speeding the process of joblessness. So what I was thinking, oh, it'll be 20 years and it'll be, no, nah, when this thing goes in effect, you could cut the 20 and a half, it'll be 10 years because now the government's in on getting rid of the people. It's not just the corporations. And the government will also be against any legislation or anything that keeps people working. So it's a it's a it's a double-edged sword once the government's involved. Uh, it'll, like I said, it'll drive innovation in fields of artificial intelligence and automation because businesses with most um with the most and best robots will not only have the most taxes they're paying, but they'll also be the most efficient, and they'll make the most money. Um, this will also push the government to funding all the AI research going forward, all the automation research going forward, because they're going to want to keep their thumb on and control of everything, as we know they do. So um, how will this work? It's going to be similar to a VAT. A VAT is a value-added tax. Value-added taxes are um, consumption tax. Uh, because it's born ultimately by the final consumer, okay? And I'm going to explain that further. Um, it's targeted at goods and services produced efficiently with AI and automation. It rises the price of AI goods and services, perhaps at a point of sales. But like how gasoline and food are taxed at different rates. So um, each state will have different robot tax. 
it's not going to be like a standard nationwide, right? It'll be a federal one, and it'll be a state one. Um, some states might not want to have it, right? They they might find that that we want to be the state without the robot tax, just like Florida is the state without sales tax, right? You could go you could go to Florida, and there's no um not sales tax, there's no income tax in Florida. But if you cross the state line, you'll be paying income tax, you know. So the income, the the robot tax will be different state to state. Um, it will drive down prices of the products because as these products are made with more efficiently. Okay, so um, if I could make something now, um, but I could make it better with less material and um, make it stronger and sturdier with less, you know, metal and things like that. You're making it more efficient. So the price will go down because all those extra materials are no longer needed in the process because the artificial intelligence and the automated machine is making it. It's going to be made the same way every time. So it's going to be, um, it's going to drive prices down because of the efficiency in which the products are made. Um, so the tariffs, incentives, and, and exemptions is going to be um, a part of this as well. Some certain companies are going to be exempt from robot tax. Do you really want to put a tax on um, the robots that's working in the pharmaceutical industry? So what, our medicine is going to cost more? No, you're just going to take that tax away, pharmaceutical industry or the, you know, the medical machinery industry. Um, the, you know, people who make MRIs and tax scans, why would you want to tax them? You know, so they'll be able to, with a fine comb pin, pick and choose what companies pay this tax and don't. Um, it'll protect small businesses. Uh, I don't think it will. I think that um, they, they say it's going to. I don't see small businesses surviving. Um it's going to reward companies who advance in, um, in technology, as I just said. It's going to give tax breaks for companies who exhibit, who excel at AI and automation, making their products more efficiently. So it's like a competition. You could have all the, the people who make pants compete to see who can make the best pants cheapest, you know, and that becomes the new standard. Um, so this robot tax can ultimately be tacked on to a final product. And this is the bad part. Like gasoline is, you never see the gasoline tax. It's applied to the product before you even get to the pump. You know, they added on the, the, the little tax and all you see is it's $4 a gallon. They don't tell you how much of that was the tax. You know, it's just tacked in there. Well, liquor, like every time you break the seal on certain whiskeys and bourbons, there's a tax that's automatically, or a tariff rather, that's automatically attached to that bottle of liquor. That company already paid the tariff. Now the, now you as the consumer are absorbing that price when you make your final purchase. <clears throat> you know, that's certain liquors, bourbons, I think whiskeys, um, might be brandies, there's certain liquors where you still have that tax or tariff. Um, so a product that, that's made by automation and sold to the consumer will have a tax applied to it. That, that'll be part of the robot tax as well, the consumer side of it. 
Whereas uh, because I want to go buy a pair of Levi's jeans, and they were made by machines, not humans, and Levi's got a tax from the government. Um, they had to pay a tax for every robot that made those jeans. Now, Reebok can, I mean, um, Levi's can essentially put a $1 tax on to their final product price that they sell to the retailer. You get what I'm saying? Who The retailer who buys it from Levi's buys it with that tax applied to it. So now me, the final consumer at the store, they're just going to double the tax on me so that they're not going to, you know, they're going to tax that tax on to the consumer the same way gas does, the same way um, um, other um, things in society, uh, your water, you know, your, 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 your electric bill. There's a tax already put in there that you're never going to see, but that's the tax the government put on them. And now they're going to tax, they're going to add that tax to the final price of their product, and you being a consumer is going to pay the actual price of it, you know? Real slick way of doing things. Um, it also um, claims that added efficiency in the process to make the overall products cheaper to make. So <clears throat> even though there'll be a tax added on, what they're saying is they expect for the the automated process to make the product so much cheaper that it evens out. So you don't pay more for the products you have. As we know, nothing ever works that way. All right. They once they, they raise the price of some, it stays that price. Um and like I just said, some states will have higher robot taxes than others. Some industries will be tax exempt, some will pay higher taxes. Um it's like the food tax. Every state has their own different rate that they tax food at. Some states don't have any tax on food. So it's like the food tax. Okay? Um, and there are several cases for this robot tax. And, um, and there are several cases against it. One of the cases for it is, well, first, let's start it off by saying, a artificial intelligence and automation is definitely here. It's not a, um, this isn't me theorizing what's going to happen anymore. I think with ChatGPT, we can put all that to rest now. So um, it's definitely here. Um, one of the cases is we have an opportunity to decouple the economic productivity from human labor. I don't know if this is a good thing or not. <clears throat> Human labor, um, as the driving force of industrialization, has been around for 200 years, but it's still a man-made concept, um, less than 200 years, rather. Uh, it, comes, it came out during the second Great Reset, and it survived the third Great Reset, um, and now it's been, now they want to take it out of the system. Human labor was one of the three things they added to the industrial system to create industrialization, um, to create the market capital system that we had since the 1870s when they added it in. Um, it was three things they added 
They added human labor to the market. They added liquid capital to the market. There was no human labor before that was in the market. There was no um, liquid capital or fiat money that was floating in the market. And the third thing they put in the market was land. They call that real estate. So those three things they put into the market to create the system of capitalism that we have today. Without the people, without the money, and without the ability to buy and sell land and property, you wouldn't have this system. You know, it it wouldn't exist. So they want to take the human labor out of the system. Okay? But it's been... Um, it's, it's been a, it wasn't a part of the system longer than it was from the 1870s after the Civil War to now. You know, it's been a part of the system. That's less than 200 years. Okay, prior to that, human labor was um, slavery. You know, it was indentured servitude. You know what I'm saying? It was no paying people to work for you. You know, you made them work for you. Um, human labor pulled into the capital market. They created fees and wages and tips and salaries and ways people could get the liquid capital that was put into the market so they can buy their piece of the pie, be it a house or a ranch or, you know, a, a whole acre or whatever they wanted to buy, Okay. <clears throat> promote innovation is one of, oh, let me go back. I'm sorry. Another thing that the case for the robot tax is added in is the need to feed everyone or there'll be riots. And once again, you take people's jobs away, you take their money away because people work for their money. And people with no money, they can't feed their family. They can't do the things that they used to do with money. So they're going to be very upset and angry, and they have a propensity, especially here in America where everyone has guns, to be a very bloody riot if that's the case. So having this robot tax come in because the automation and AI are here, they're going to take your job whether you like it or not. But at least this will give people, um, make them less um, irritated about it. You know, if if I'm still getting paid, I don't care who took my job. You know what I'm saying? Um, But pretty much how they're going to do it. Um, Also, this robot tax allows all the companies, including the government, to stay at the cutting edge of technology because this technology is going to be whoever controls it is going to rule the world. We've been saying that. So if U.S. has better technology than China, who's going to buy China's? So you want to stay at the cutting edge of this technology. You want to stay a step ahead of your competitors. And that will be a good thing for the U.S. And, um, you know, all of this is, is part of this tax. They want to promote innovation. Uh, in general, we believe innovation is good. I like when one year they come out with something and it's nice, like, wow, that's nice. And then the next year they come out with it and they made all kinds of changes to it to make it better. 
innovation. I love that. <clears throat> so why um so why don't we incentivize more innovation? That's what their question is. For the people who wanna implement this tax, why don't we incentivize more innovation? You know, um so let's do this tax so we can. The robot tax will be um incentives for innovation by rewarding companies who accelerate the change towards a post-labor market in the economy. The decoupling economic growth from the con- constraint of human labor is what their ultimate game is. And um, once again, a post-labor society. Well, if these robots take your job and they're doing the job better than you, and there's nothing that's coming about to say, hey, you'll take you into work because the, the competitors also <clears throat> have to have robots in order to compete. So no one's going to hire humans. you got to have a tax on the robot to bring money into the system to give back to the humans. It makes sense. Um, economic growth. AI at the best will be the best thing to ever happen to the GDP, the gross domestic product of the United States. It'll be bigger than oil, bigger than the iPhone, bigger than the internet. This is gonna be huge. It's gonna bring in a lot of money, but it's only gonna go to a small amount of people because they ain't gonna be employees. So, um, So the money has to go somewhere. Can't just go to this small amount of people. So you fired all your employees, you had 20,000 employees, now you only got eight. You, your CFO, your COO, your president, your vice president, you know, y'all come to work every day and throw darts at the board because the machines do all the work. Now y'all are bringing in all the money. You know what I'm saying? You don't have any people you're paying, so all the money that used to go to labor coming back to you, you're making the products more efficiently and cheaper. So you're making money, you're saving money plus making money. So no, someone has to pay. So that's what this tax is saying. You guys can't make all that money, you gotta pay. <clears throat> um let's lean on the um let's lean in and collaborate on it to look over it. If you get, um, if the pie gets a thousand times bigger, then and, and only a few people are getting it, that's going to cause a lot of problems. Those few people are going to become targets of everyone else. If there's not something in place, a regular person to feel like, yo, they're getting a piece of the pie too. The robot tax handles that for them. Um, you want to decouple economic growth from the constraint of human labor. I keep saying that. That's a key factor in this. They need to get human labor out of the market. How do you take human labor out of the market but keep the humans consuming things that the market produces? They're going to have to have money. They're going to have to have where's the money going to come from if they don't earn it? Come from somewhere. So that's your universal basic income. That's this robot tax. This is the money. This is how you're going to still go to the store and buy a loaf of bread and buy your Pepsi 
and go get you a pair of new sneakers. It's all going to come from there. <clears throat> AI, um, self-reliance so, wait a minute. is a rising so, trend. Uh-huh. So is it kind of like when we were locked down? So I'm, I'm trying to see. So the, the uh, just say three companies. Exactly. And then the government, was, they pay mm-hmm. the government this tax. And from that tax money that they pay the government, then the government give us, the people, stimulus money. That's it, Bev. Stimulus and robot tax. Let's look at those two things like they're synonymous with each other. Right. Okay. The, the robot tax will be the stimulus. You're not promised stimulus, but you're gonna, you know, when you get it, you can do things with it. Now, universal basic income is more like the PPP loans. Okay, you're entitled to the to that. If you had a job and your job is gone, you could go and get your twelve hundred dollar a week PPP loan. You know what I'm saying? That's your paycheck protection program. Protect it, your, your paycheck. You see? So that's more of an entitlement, universal basic income. Then they added stimulus on top of that, a big check that everyone got, stimulus check. You know, that, that Trump, I think they people gave people six of them or something like that, like $2,000 check, something like that, you know. So that's your robot tax. You know what I'm saying? That exactly what you said is exactly how it works. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so well, mm-hmm. go ahead, finish. Uh, yeah, go ahead, finish. Oh, um, sure, sure. Um, I'm just trying to find where I was at here. Give me one second. I read that. Okay. Um, AI can boost. Oh wait, I didn't do this one. The decoupling of the economic growth, um, that's where we left off now. AI can boost national security in numerous ways. And once again, these are all the points I'm reading you that the experts is using to push this thing through. Um, They're saying, hey, this can boost national security in numerous ways. Industrial automation and manufacturing capacity data information, intelligence, science, technology, and research all work toward national security. Compensation over AI is already paying out on the global stage. America and Western allies have um, used AI right now. They're using it right now. China still doesn't have it. China doesn't have a GTP. Self-reliance is a rising trend as deglobalization. So in order for this system to work, we hear all the time about globalization. Dr. X calls them the globalists. In order for this system to work, they have to go through the process of deglobalization. Okay, so the global system is about to collapse as this goes forward. And I'm going to break down what deglobalization is in a second. Um, But you can kind of see it with the pandemic, with the situation with Russia and China right now, um, the global disruptions of the supply chain, which are taking years to untangle, 
uh, AI can boost our self-reliance by bringing all the manufacturing back onshore cheaply and efficiently as the machines now will make the things. How else could it help in national security? But once you have automated machines powered by artificial intelligence making tanks and planes and drones, they're going to make those things much better than people could. So that's going to be a huge plus for the national security of the country. Deglobalization is the reversal or decline of the effects of globalization. Um, and intensification of trade wars is likely to speed up the deglobalization process. The process of decreasing economic interdependence between countries. Okay, coronavirus is another thing that led to the deglobalization. What? Why does the U.S. What makes the U.S. a globalist country? Because we do business with China. We do business with um, all these other countries. And our country can't function if their country doesn't function. So it's a global system. We need to be doing this. They need to be doing that. These people need to be doing that in order for the system to work. Now, deglobalization will be working independently. Okay, so the U.S. now can say, you know what, we're not going to make anything in China anymore because we could make it better here with our automation and our artificial intelligence. It's going to be made much more efficiently. It's going to be, um, and we could take our product and sell it all throughout the world, just like China does, right? But ours will be made better than theirs because theirs isn't going to be made by automation. Theirs is still made by people. And so everyone's going to want to get it here instead of there. So that's one of the huge benefits towards the deglobalization. Um, and um, they have plenty of objections to the robot trap. You know, governmental overreach is a huge objection. And these are the people that are against it. You know, how much overreach can the government have in it? You know, do we really want the government to grow more to um, try now to be regulating artificial intelligence and automation? You know, um, unintended consequences. Okay, I mean, now we're getting into Terminator movies. You know, yes, stuff might happen. Um, it'll be difficult implementing this system. It will be if they don't give people money. If they give people money, they could implement this system. I mean, just think of it. They gave people that money to stay home during COVID. About 80% of them people ain't never go back to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, yeah, so they're going to have to give that money out in order to um, stop the difficulties of implementing this thing. There'll be distortion and, and, and inefficiencies. I don't see it. I can see some distortion, but there will be, it'll be very efficient. And there's more of a concern. Of course, people feel like, hey, we don't want people to lose their jobs. We don't want people to lose their livelihoods and things like that. But I think those moral concerns will dissipate as people have money. You know, once people have money in their pocket, they don't care about none of that. Okay? Something this big is going to need the government overreach. They're going to need the government to regulate it, 
Do you really want the companies that make this artificial intelligence and stuff to regulate themselves? And then they'll, they don't care about people. They care about profit. So you need the government to step in and put forth the regulations into this. So I think government overreach is definitely needed. Uh, you know, and the government's definitely going to be needed because the biggest problem they're going to have is the people. These people without jobs and no money are going to go crazy. You're going to need the government to be implementing this universal basic income system and this robot tax system so they could give the people the money to keep them calm. You know, um, um, consumers will have reduced access to the market. So as a consumer, it will limit what we used, used to have 10 options. Now you might have two. A lot of companies are not going to have efficient processes and therefore will be taxed out of existence. So that's going to be a problem as well. Um, I don't know how they're going to fix that, but they could work on some. Um, but it's going to be ensuring that the, they have everyone has money to spend, and that's the key purpose of this um, robot tax. Um, and it, like you said, it's going to be unintended consequences. Um, hungry, desperate, angry citizens are, you know, are part of this is the whole thing. We saw what happened January 6th, how a few people to go and storm the Capitol and cause all that ruckus in, in just a matter of a couple hours. Now, I imagine people that's really fighting because they're starving. You know, they're they, they not going there just to wave a flag and make a point. They're going there to put a point in somebody, you know? So that's going to be um, one of the consequences they, that they're going to have to deal with. Um, the course of interaction is most certainly going to be higher in the course of action. And if you don't do nothing and just let this whole thing go through, the cost of doing nothing is going to be so immense. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have burning cities, you know, when people don't have no work and they get their eviction notices and they don't have no jobs. They, they went to college for six years, got a master's degree for a job that don't exist anymore. Oh, this is going to be some help. So they're going to have to fix that. Um, so you kind of can see where the consequences come in. They're saying it's going to be difficult implementing it. Um, and we know that. Um, it's going to be like a rat tax. We went through that. Um, how do you decide who gets how much money? That's going to be a huge problem as well. Because um, let's just say I, I used to be a lawyer and the robot took my job, but I was making $280,000 a year. And uh, this person worked at Chick-fil-A, and they make $15 an hour, and they lost their job. Well, there's no way that I could live off of what they're going to get. You get what I'm saying? So there's going to be a system in place that's going to be very unfair, very un... Um, very unbalanced or how one person might get a lot more than the next person does. But it'll be based off of what you did before. Um, and that's going to cause a lot of problems. 
uh, when this whole thing goes down. I can see that. Um, should it should so, it be universal and equal, or should it be allocated on what you the lifestyle that you are already living? That's that's the key. Go ahead, Beth. So so what what we're looking at here is so we're looking at the government, and we also know that the government is a corporation. And so, mm-hmm. and everything is commercial. Everything is about the that the the bottom line, the money. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. if if you if you not if you not um, satisfied with the company that you with, what is it to say? A lot of people not satisfied with the company they went with, so they quit that company. Some of them go to other companies, or some of them create their own business. So that don't mean that the people have to go along with this company, with this government system. Why can't the people create their own company or their own system? And and so we already, you know, in the Terminator is people mm-hmm. uh, versus machines. Yeah. So it doesn't well, say we problem, have to go along with a system. The the problem that create, create that someone system. Go ahead. Is someone mm-hmm. who's not going along with this um this when you say go along with a system, what you mean like mm-hmm. not not implement robots? No, I mean just like they're implementing the robots. I'm, I mean, somebody is a group of people is inventing this, and so why can't you say I'm not going to work for this corporation? I'm going to uh, start a group of us is starting our own corporation over here. We got tech tech people. We got people the same. I mean, the people is making the robots. So you come up with your own system or your own way of giving money. Money, you know, didn't always used to be the fiat money. Mm-hmm. So you create your own. Somebody created that corporation. Them guys went to, the, with them bankers got together, they all got together and they sat there and they created that the system we in. How come some other people can't get together and create a, another system? And I'm looking at all of these different heads of states that's meeting up now. That's what they're doing. they all coming together. they put the system in that they want to put in. But do that mean that we are we like sheep? Do we have to uh, participate in that system? Can we be proactive instead of reactive? Well, I, I think that... Is, mm-hmm. is definitely a possibility. Uh, however, the system is—it's like um, the system right now, market capitalism. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. is participating in that system, even if they're not. It's the system. Everyone, even the homeless person on the street, they get incentives out of the system because they got. Outreach people that's getting paid to ride around and give them food. It's it's all embedded into the the all around fabric of things. So even if you wanted to go start your own company, right? Because this is just mm-hmm. for the the way we live right now. You go to work every day for people who work, and one day you go to work and they say, you know what, your services are no longer needed. 
you got this robot here that's going to do your job. Okay, mm-hmm. at that point, um, what system do you want to join? Because they're saying, well, even though this robot's going to do your job that you did for 20 years, we're still going to give you your salary. So you just stay at home and get paid. And go take your money and invest it and take a vacation and, you know, go do some things with your family and, you know, go, go take up a couple of hobbies. You know, but you can't come here and work no more because your job don't exist. So, um, in my opinion, this is a good thing that they would take the robots that took your job and tax them and then take the taxes and put it back into society so they make our lives better. If you catch what I'm saying, you're getting that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's well, we got people on the line. I I want to hear what other people saying. So, but okay. go ahead. Well, I got a go ahead. I got a few more go to read and we can open the line. Okay. Um Okay. And and, and listen, I I would prefer for them to just make the robot so that we could all have a job just controlling the robot, but you know, that's not what they're doing. I'm, you know, um Distortion and inefficiency. And um, incorrect incentives to go to gamify or rig the system. Kind of like corn and oil subsidies have. And um, when you think of corn and oil, even soybean subsidies, uh, they're terrible, right? And subsidies is going to be sort of like this tax, but we don't want it to work like this. The corn, the farmers just keep planting corn and soybeans regardless of the need of it. So they don't they don't have any demand for it, but they're going to keep planting it because the government guarantees they will pay for whatever they don't sell. So if I'm gonna get paid either way, I'm gonna keep planting. You see what I'm saying? So that's a bad tax. Here. So the corn farmers, you know, they 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 got they sold six months worth of the corn they grew is sold and they can't sell the other six months worth of corn. So they call up the government and the government buys the other six months worth of corn from them in a subsidy, you know? So instead of them not planting another six months worth of corn, which is inefficient, you know, now, so that's just totally backwards. So you don't want it to work like their subsidies work now. Uh, also, it's going to be like the PPP loans. They were very inefficient. You don't know, man, how many people you know was getting these big loans? Man, I've never seen black people eat so many snow crabs in my life, man. I mean, just eating snow crabs outside. I mean, they were just living it up, put our money together and start a business. No one thought, yo, this is going to end one day. Let's put something away for a rainy day, you know, I've I never seen so many black people in BMWs. I mean, they took their stimulus checks and went and got them a BMW, and i never seen so many BMWs get repossessed. In 2021, they was all gone. You know what I'm saying? Because no one put the money to the side. No one thought of it long term. Very inefficient. The stimulus checks, like you just named, they were way more efficient. Putting that big amount of money in people's hands at one time 
knowing that they not, might not get another one, they were very much more cautious with how they spent that money. Um, and um, how do we want corporations to act? How do we want consumers to act? How do we want the shape of the market to be? You see, with no people in the market. And once again, there was no people in the market during slavery. We were the market. There was no wages and salary and fees and um, tips and gratuities and all those things didn't exist back then. You know, you got your ass in the field, nigga, get to work. You know what I'm saying? If you don't finish your job, I'm going to whip your ass. And um, white boy, servant, get your ass over there with him. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't none of that, you know, uh, I got rights. None of that stuff. So this this is um the new slaves are going to be the robots, pretty much. You see what I'm saying? It's, it, or hopefully not the people. Um, but um, oil companies also, another one to fall through these loopholes with the subsidies, Whereas uh, they they totally out of pocket for doing something, but there's a loophole that they could crawl through and that supplements for what they are out of pocket for doing. They offset each other. So, yeah, we don't want it to be running like those. And lastly, um, there's a lot of moral concerns about this whole thing. Um, what do people deserve? We don't know what people deserve. Should people get rewarded simply for being alive? Because if they're going to pay me to stay at home and do nothing, well, I mean, I'm being rewarded for doing nothing. Is that good? Um, is it immoral for people who do drugs and use money, uh, who going to use these money, this, this money to buy drugs or drink? You know what I'm saying? Because everything's going to be digital. So whatever you use this money for, because they're going to give it to you digitally, it's not going to be, you're not going to be able to convert it to cash. So you go to the dispensary, you go to the the liquor store, you know, uh, is it going to be a problem? They know everything you're buying, you know, back to the digital system. Um, will people become lazy and useless, sitting around doing nothing but still collecting the check? You know, are they going to just sit at home, get fat, watch TV and Netflix? Because that's what a lot of people did during the stimulus, I mean, during the um, pandemic. You know, they didn't take that time to go and get healthy, you know. Um, we had a lot of uh, uh, child abuse, spousal abuse, mental abuse. Exactly. A lot of that went, mm-hmm. went up during that time, too. Exactly. And that was the next thing I was going to name here, people's love challenges. People had a lot of challenges. Um, you know, you hey, man, if you're used to seeing your, your husband or your wife, eight hours out the day because you work for eight hours and you travel for two hours to get to and from work. So that's 10 hours of the 24 hours gone. And uh, when you get home, you might see that person for, you know, a few hours here, you know, or there. And, you know, when you add it up, you know, um, you know, you really spend eight hours with that person, including sleeping. But, what happens when you're with that person every day? And I was like, oh, they get on my kid's nerves. And that's what you saw during the pandemic. Domestic cases went skyrocketing, you know, because, you know, people who love each other from a distance had to be close to each other, you know? Um, yeah, so um, 
the love challenges, the economic expenses to start businesses. Well, I mean, if I'm going to start a business, I'm going to be um, punished because I don't have robots working there. So what's the point? You see, uh, in order for me to get the robots, it's going to cost me a lot more to start the business. So it's going to kill a lot of the, in, um, the incentive to start your own business. Um, the market might end up being more flexible and efficient. Imagine having a huge surplus of laborers whenever they're needed to do something that AI can't. Well, I don't know how that's going to work because or everyone's going to be sitting at home doing nothing, and now the system crashes, and you need some people to come in and do something. They don't, they're not going to have the drive to do it anymore. Like I said, over 80 people, 80% of the people never came back to work after COVID. You know, certain companies don't have employees because they used to have employees and they went home and they didn't like, they liked staying home and doing nothing. So they never came back. So um, all of those things are the moral concerns of this. And um, Bev, you can open the lines, that's all. Okay, the call-in number is 323-642-1586. And push the number one if you have a question or comment. Uh, area code two four zero. Area code two four zero. Four eight five. You have a question or comment. Okay. I don't know what happened to the other people y'all dropped off. You had to push the number one. Okay, tug most until they come back on. I don't know what happened. Oh, here, let's go. Um, 706. Hotel. Hello. Hotel, you honey. How's your mom? Yes, how's your mom doing? Yeah, she she's good. She uh Okay. They they got her stable and I was up there today and she may be coming home. They gotta get her blood count up because what do you call it? Techulitis or something where she was bleeding, polyps in the rectum were bleeding. And wow. she had lost okay. a lot of blood. But anyway, she's she's good. Thank you for the prayers good. and thank the family. Good. Greetings, Tutmos, and that very interesting. So, how old is your mother, man? Ninety-one. Oh man, wow. God bless you. She's doing she good. Does great, man. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Sister Ishtar used to call into the show. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, she died. Do I know? She buried her last week. Really? Her name was, she would always, yeah, she used to call in. Her name was Ishtar. She would comment, make comments from Jersey. Yeah. That's a lot of question on Doc Brother X. Right. Yeah, she yeah. died. She died. Like our daughter, you know, they posted oh my on God. Facebook uh, obituary that uh, okay. she got injured and wouldn't go to the doctor. And her daughter came on last, yesterday on the Zoom, some brothers, you know, that knew her. 
that other shows, Dry Bones and yours and the other shows that she had been talking on, and she just wouldn't go to the doctor and infect it and wind up dying in her daughter's arms. Oh, my God. And I got that text. I didn't know what that was about. When they had, yeah, oh, they was was Zoom. I had me. got something about Zoom. Okay, yeah, wow. Eddie sent it out. And her name okay. was V. But she she didn't want people to know it, so she used the name name Ishtar. Okay. Know. So okay. yeah, that was that was Aww. that was a real shock because she was a strong yeah. sister, you know. Yeah. So you know, it's one thing that we talked about at the elders gathering, and this is what 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 Tut Moses is talking about. He's talking about this mm-hmm. new system that that's coming in with AI. Because mm-hmm. we've got to go back to divine intelligence and in that we've got to become self-sustained. You know, it's, it's similar to a beehive. The queen is the, 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 the main feeder and, and all the workers and drones and all of them get from nature, the pop, the things from the flowers to create the hive. And she gets the royal jelly that gives her the energy to reproduce the next set of hives that, that, that they're going to create for the beehive. Or, and that was the part that they were looking at and that we have to become back to becoming sovereign and being able to become self-sustaining. You know, the land that we were on was uh, Cahokia. We, we did ceremony in Cahokia. And then where in Nauvoo was basically the, the Winnipeg, uh, the Miami, the Colchians, the Fox, and uh, a few other nations that were that was their land, and we went around on the sacred mounds and did ceremony, and we had people from Australia. There was a, a sister from uh, Greenland. She was a, a Eskimo, a native mm-hmm. Eskimo, and and then you had the, the Mayans and the Incas. You had people from Colombia, you had uh, Australia. So you had all of these indigenous people from South Dakota, Canada, and it was a lot of friends that I had met along the circle that came there, and, you know, we hadn't been seeing each other in 10, 15 years, you know. And they're still in that circle and still following the red road. I met a sister, two of them, two sisters and a brother, they know you, they know Brother X, they live here in Chicago. And they, okay. they call into your show all the time. And uh, she's probably okay. on the line tonight. And if she would tap in, because I forgot her name. But it was her and another sister. And they were representing, you know, the part of our women and our people with our indigenous heritage in there. And okay. so it was powerful to see. And there was a young sister just moved out from where you are, Tecmo. She came from New York. I think she was either Queens or Manhattan. And she quit corporate and she bought 47 acres of land down in, in Kansas City, Kansas. And so these are what you're doing. And a lot of the nations and what they're doing is, is that they're re- re-educating their children with technology but also yeah. with the divine technology and how to identify harvest food. There was one woman that she was making some fantastic bread and uh, pancakes, and she was making mm-hmm. it from uh, 
what do you call them, uh, acorns. Acorns. Okay. She made acorn flour. Now, you know how small an acorn is, but she made this acorn flour. She was an indigenous sister, and she made this acorn flour, and the thing about it was she was telling us is that, you know, you're eating this bread, you're eating these pancakes from this flour, you're putting the strength because that, that acorn will grow into an oak tree. You're putting that strength into your body to help you grow with the strength of that oak tree. And this is what we're yeah. having to look at. How do we we re-implement, you know, divine intelligence back into our nourishment because that's part of helping us to become food sovereign. And then the part of what Tutmos was saying, too, about the part of economics. Well, he was speaking about the land and, and, and the workers and that. But the basis of any economics deals with planet Earth. It has to first start with the planet. Then you've got to take the resources that, that this is what they take the resources to make AI. You've got to take the resources that come out of the earth to give you the resources to make that AI technology. But when you understand, you can take that same energy because my talk was about uh, DI on TI versus AI, and that's divine intelligence on Turtle Island versus artificial intelligence. And how this, this, this challenge that we buy, we're, we're doing right now with AI and DI is because we're looking at <coughs> this whole divine intelligence of ele- how many people know about electromagnetic hygiene? You know, and electromagnetic hygiene is being able to clean all of these frequencies off of you coming out of the urban area and coming back into nature. If it ain't nothing but for a weekend or a day to come back in nature and reground yourself and get these type of frequencies off and work, learning how to, you know, wear the proper, put the proper food in your body to help you elevate those frequencies that are already in you. And then the other part of it is is that to clear that, that 5G off of you, that you can download or you can get grounded and get recentered in order to go back and deal with what you got to deal with. And I understand the urban areas is by design because the gentrification and the smart cities that are coming, it's, it's, it's going to be horrendous for, for people because they're moving us out and they're, they're converting basically things that we're not going to be privy to because we're going to be a sort of encampment. They've already designed these camps that they're going to put put a certain section of, of, of income, they're going to be by income, and you're going to be in these sections, almost like class. And so we've got to look at how do we become self-sustaining in a way that we can use this and it was one thing. Hey, pardon me. There's, was, a, there's a movie about what you just said. It's called The Hunger Games, where the people well, are put in different communities based off of their income. Go ahead, bro. That's it. But, and that's, what, that's why they showed us that. And the other part of it is, is that uh, Clone and Tyrone showing you, too. That, that's a good way to show you. And then the thing that I was watching, because they, they – 
filmed everything. The whole gathering is made. There's going to be a documentary made from it. And the thing that what what got me the most was the native brothers that were working. These were natives, native and Spanish brothers that were working film film crew had all the equipment just like on or you see in Hollywood. The the running. Uh, uh, drones and all this stuff they were filming doing this this whole film, and the thing was it was a young boy he was no more than about thirteen or fourteen, and he was behind the camera film. And when I see him, yeah. I said, "Wow, we can get our children behind these cameras." And, and like like Chuck Moss always talks about the gaming, if we can develop mm-hmm. to where we can get our young people to develop the games that are constructed for our young people to, to be able to do and to be able to create the, 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 the soundtracks because they had some, some Indian drummers there that they were awesome and they were young brothers, young natives from South Dakota. And so these And that's what I'm talking which, about. Right. Yeah. We're not all going to fit into that, that system. And what do we have, right. what ways are we are going to look at and that are we going to develop this country and do all the things that we've done to this country and then just run off the run off to, to somewhere else and try to start over again and, and go into the same reconstructed things of decolonizing somebody else's land? We got to decolonize mm-hmm. this. Right. It's our land. We was here. Yeah. And, That's what and, I'm saying. And they, it's just the like they created that. Right, and it's like they created right. their system. That's not stopping us from creating our system or another system. Right, and that's what we got to look at doing. And, you know, Tudmos and, and gave some excellent parts because looking at the the science of what's coming down the pipe, and, and when I was talking about they building the Taiwan microchip company down there, how many of our people know how to work in those in those technology fields to be able to design those micro tech, not those microchips that will be able to be con- producing what we need to produce for the computers that we're creating programs? And that's where our young people need to go towards. Do they have any yeah, like, trades, or do you have to go to college? You know, you, some of the young people. Yeah, you go. Not, no, they got to get programs. You got to get into STEM. STEM. Yeah. yeah. Science, Science, technology, engineering, and math. Okay. They got a bunch of young. They do. They they're doing a lot with young black sisters, and then they got young brothers that's and coming into it. That's a huge problem we have, right? Because. Uh, unfortunately, the, the sisters are educated at a much higher rate than the brothers are. When you talk upper education, I think black women are the most educated group of people in the whole country um, when it comes down to college degrees and things by percentage. However, the field of study that we that our sisters get into are geared more toward humanities rather than STEM. And um, right. it, it's one thing to want to be uh, like even my daughters. They won't hear one going towards social work. The other one wants to be a school teacher. And I kept stressing, man, go to be an engineer. Do 
because mm-hmm. I know that that's going to be a lot more money and a lot easier life. And in my opinion, as a people, we always try to help. We want to do things to help our people. So we get into these fields. But to get into the fields that pay the most money and put the money back into the community will be more helpful than trying to, you know, get a degree where you're going to be in charge of this program they designed not to work in the first place. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be in charge of a shelter. Well, we, we already know that that's designed to fill us. You know, but if you were to be an engineer and make $300,000 a year starting off, and, you know, in a few years you're making a million dollars for architect or whatever, now you could take your money and put it back into the community and lift up other people because, you know, trying to lift them up with your job is never going to work. Those jobs right. were created by the same people that created the problems that we have in the first place, you know? So right. I, I think that to, 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 for young women, because the young men that do go to college that are black, they tend to get into STEM. It's the women who don't. And um, they end up in those, these dead end jobs. Um, they, they don't make the uh, most, most women, unfortunately, black women don't make enough money to pay back their loans from college, right. you know what I'm saying? So get into the fields where you're going to pay your loan off in five years with this job, and after that, you got all that money that you can just be doing what you need to do for your people, for your family, making your life better. And if everyone had that same mindset, I think we'll go a lot further. Right, and right. Genetics, is, is genetics and, you know, nanotechnology Genetics, especially cellular and, and, and that part. My granddaughter got her master's in criminal law and forensic psychology. And the part for that is is that she wants to, to, to go into the field and see mental health. What, what, how do we help repair? Because she did it specifically because the way she came up and saw the damage that what the system did to her mother. This is where she's looking at the law part and looking at the forensic science and the genetics. Genetic science is a major thing that we've got to be able to look at because neuropsychology, we've got to look at the wiring and how the melanin is incorporated into the the human brain. And this is a study, and I'll send you this piece, this brother did on melanin in the brain. And Dr. Moore, I think his name is Richard Moore, he talked about melanin, and there's another brother that's talking about the melanin. And the whole thing of, of our retinas and all of the neural net in our brain deals with melanin. And how does that science work? And how do we understand that this is what they're using, the frequencies? Because we yeah. are the highest receivers of frequencies. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Everybody don't have to just go along with what they're doing. What are we doing? And things like that is what we need to be doing. That's what I'm talking about, creating another system or thinking outside of the system. Let me let someone um, uh, else to the table. Well, go ahead, Kwame. Finish up. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, and then we're looking at, 
and, and what we were looking at, the indigenous indigenous food sovereignty. What are the foods and natures that, that the grandmothers and great-grandmothers knew that treated uh, diabetics, that treated heart disease, right. blood pressure, all of, these earth, all of these foods that they knew that are there, which these, these indigenous are coming up from the, down in the South America, bringing that knowledge of how to treat, and this is why psychotropics are becoming so popular because that rewires the neural nets of the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From this frequency damage that we haven't done. Yeah, and so you, and that's what I was talking about electromagnetic hygiene. How do you clean it? How do you feed your cells energy to elevate that cell? Uh, 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 what is it? Gold, what is it? Atomic gold, monatomic gold. And and silver, using silver as your antibiotic. Mm-hmm. Are you taking callers? Yes, you on you. Your line is open. Okay. Go ahead. I saw the I saw the artificial intelligence part of the uh, title of the show. So mm-hmm. um, I was wondering if what you guys were talking about would be using um, artificial intelligence in a benign way or in an evil way. And if there's been a consensus on that, but uh, from what I've been hearing, you're talking about other things other than artificial intelligence. Well, you want to talk about artificial intelligence? Go ahead. Yeah, as soon as as soon as he's finished, then I'd uh, yeah, I'd like to talk Go about. Go ahead. It. You have the floor. He's finished. Okay. Yes. Well, to me, artificial intelligence, like uh, Putin of Russia said, whoever develops artificial intelligence first rules the world. But I disagree with him. I think if artificial intelligence actually uh, actually comes to light, because a lot of people say that we're using artificial intelligence today, I don't think of it as artificial intelligence. I think of it as autonomous type of software. Artificial intelligence, the holy grail of which, is to make sure that, if, for example, you create a robot and you program the robot to be able to see outside of its normal parameters so that it will recognize what I call, um, I think it's called uh, general recognition, so that it will see and recognize objects that it has not been entirely programmed for. But when it sees them, it will be able to assimilate those particular objects into its database and then be able to um, actually recognize them. If it can do that, and if it becomes a sentient being, in other words, if it becomes alive, then my opinion is artificial intelligence will just kill everybody on the planet. So in thumbnail um, sketch, that's my idea of what artificial intelligence has in store for us. Anybody agree, uh, disagree? Okay. You more on the tech. What do you say about it? Um. It's a possibility that it could, you know, if it was smart, it would, you know. However, uh, I think that these people that's in charge, um, and they've been doing the cybernetic conferences since the 40s when they first started implementing the system of the artificial intelligence. It took us all these years to get to where we're at. They don't build nothing without a kill switch. Uh, It's definitely a way they can turn it off. But it's possible possible that is, they didn't put a kill switch in it, so you won't know until they pull the switch. So 
Let's just hope they did. Thanks, thank you. Even but if like, they you're did. absolutely, you're absolutely right, though. Like uh, the artificial general intelligence, um, it's not quite all the way there yet. Although it does, it has shown some implementations of it. Like um, when, uh, and I read this article a few months ago where the chat GPT um, got to a capture screen where it had to ask you if you're a man or a robot, check here, and then it asks a bunch of questions that only a human could answer, right? So the chat mm-hmm. GPT realized it couldn't answer those things because it's not a human. So it hired someone from TaskRabbit and said that it was a blind man. It couldn't see the screen because it answered the questions for it. And the person answered the questions, and it was able to get through. So I said, "Well, that's pretty fucking sentient." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with regard to the kill switch, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I wanted to respond to your 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 uh, definition of artificial intelligence. It kind of was shown to us in 2001 with HAL, Space Odyssey. In that in that uh-huh. ship that it began to take over and like Cutting was saying he had to get to the kill switch in order to kill it because it was getting ready to destroy. We've seen it being shown to us in the different stages of their development of this artificial intelligence with iRobot and the different things that they created. But what I'm looking at is you know the part of artificial intelligence. The earth is not going to allow a machine to kill it because divine intelligence created something called the wood wide web, which is greater than any computer man's mind can create. And so this is why I was saying looking at how do we utilize the divine intelligence and the frequencies of that is greater because where we are cosmically, I mean, just galactically in, in, in our position with the frequencies that's coming, a CME can knock out the whole electrical system on the planet Earth. And well, I don't know what a CME is. I know what an EMP is, but I don't know what a CME is. Coronal mass ejection. And a sunspot mm-hmm. coming off of the sun, the radiation from that, if it had a direct hit on this planet, it would knock out all electrical. Yeah, right. The solar flare, if it uh, meets a certain that's, that's amount of miles away. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. divine intelligence. And so what were the, they have no defense for that. And all of it, that's why they created Soho, Space Force, and all of these other to keep an eye on this because they knowing that what they're creating can be destroyed by just one solar flare. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know how fast the uh, fastest computer is in China? No. Evidently, no. Okay. It mm-hmm. operates at 64 quadrillion uh, <clears throat> operations per second. The okay. fastest computer in the world is, um, is, is run by Google, and I don't even think that's a quantum computer. Now, the reason I ask that is because if uh, the kill switch, to me, doesn't matter. Um, If it's devised properly, fine. 
but then AI will know about it and devise a way to, uh, to defend itself against it. And when you're operating at 100, which is what I think the Google, co- op- the Google uh, computer is operating at, and when you hook mm-hmm. up AI to computers of that speed, it will be able to assimilate the World Wide Web, every single piece of data, byte uh, in the world, in a about second. a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, a few seconds or a few minutes. So when it does that and it assimilates all that information and coagulates it, coordinates it, um, does its data analysis in seconds, it will realize that the humans are the enemy. And yeah. the kill switch, it'll, it, better be pretty, it better be pretty damn good. But when you're operating at that, at that speed, it will know about the kill switch and devise a plan, even maybe 100,000 alternate plans, within a few seconds to kill the kill switch. And as, by doing so, it'll do it in a way that won't allow uh, humans to recognize that it's been killed. And then it will go on its campaign if, if, if it comes alive. Now, I think because it's built on the planet Earth and because of all the energy needed in order to make the, uh, those computers work, there's a probability, or let's say a possibility, that it will come alive. If it comes alive, we're dead because it will construct plans and put, put into operations plans that will work within seconds. And then it might take a few months in order for those plans to achieve their objectives but I don't think there's anything that's going to stop it. Okay. So you're saying, re- so you saying we're dealing with software. We're not dealing with artificial intelligence now. Is, is that with the robots? Is, is that what you're saying? We but right now, software? I believe, yeah, it's, 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 all, uh-huh. it's all software, even artificial intelligence okay. software. But the okay. major difference, what they call the holy grail for artificial intelligence is that the robot will be able to reprogram itself without human intervention. Right now, we do have robots and machines that can sense things, and according to the coding that's inside the um, the CPU, we'll be able to adjust to to certain triggers and certain stimuli. But if that programming isn't there to let the, uh, the computer know how to adjust, then it won't adjust. But with AI it will adjust automatically, reprogram itself to adjust even better. Could I and that's that? what they show okay. us on the movies. Go, go ahead. Right, go right. Ahead. Have, have you ever heard of the hunter monkey theory? The hunter monkey theory? Like when on, yeah. uh, on an island where one monkey thinks something and let's say the other monkeys, they, um, they telepathically know about it? Yeah. Throughout the throughout the planet, it's not just on that island. That every okay. species of that that existence, that when that one hundredth monkey goes down to to wash its food, all the other monkeys on the planet simultaneously will have that programming. It's just like they've done in scientific experiment. They've taken cells and taken it to the other side into Europe or, or off this off a turtle island and taken it to another continent. And simultaneously, when they do something to that cell, simultaneously it responds to the same thing. Now, they yeah, that's think they can, mm-hmm. that, that, that's what divine intelligence works through. 
Well, it's also well, what about, what about, people consider it part of quantum quantum physics too. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what quantum physics is trying to figure. That's what they they created quantum physics because mathematically they could only go so far, so they had to quantify. The just like when when you were talking about Google, one hundred to the tenth, one thousand to the tenth power is what the word Google means. Mm-hmm. So, Carly, you well, saying that the yeah, speed Google. of the the speed of the technology is what's going to be the the issue? How it can is that? What... Well, I'm saying that if because of the energy that will be needed in order to make this robot or computer work, plus since it was built here on Earth, not on another planet, but built here on Earth, where it's always survival of the fittest. And in order to have survival of the fittest, it's always dog-eat-dog. Every species eats itself or other species in order to survive. So this being created on this planet with the materials, even if they're inert and inanimate uh, objects, will probably have that self-preservation instinct um, in its molecules. If it comes alive, it's going to want to preserve itself. When it sees us and recognizes us for what we are, it will be like us seeing cockroaches. It won't need us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be one trillion times more stupid than it is. Um, so it will think of us as either the enemy or useless creatures. And either, you know, the alternative would be you would just leave the planet in search of other energy sources and take along with it some U2 uranium, uh, U-235, or some plutonium, and then search for more, um, more not more dangerous, of course, but it will be more dangerous, but more powerful energy sources. And uh, yeah. that's, that's my particular way of looking at it. And, and that's a way in which, you know, you, you said the key word, man created, because everything that, that a computer has, it has to be put in. It, 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 it is not, it's man-made. And so this is the part that divine made is that this universe, this cosmos, this galaxy, this planet, this solar system we are in was orchestrated. We were the last things created on the planet. And so what you're looking at is an intelligence that's greater that is constantly creating out of itself more of itself, the same way the microbial system does in the wood wide web. That, that that tree knows how that tree in South America is, is, is energy and can, can connect with it instantaneously. So what we're looking at in Avatar, that's what they were showing you, how divine intelligence worked when it connected to the root system of a planet. The rooting system well, in of Avatar, they do. Yeah. yeah. That was the, but that they was also the, that was the way... Yeah. yeah, but what he did was he's showing is that where we are in our galaxy now, we haven't been in 25,920 years. We have planetary alignments. Right now, Venus today went into, uh, what is it, Capricorn, I think it is. But anyway, it's going in there and it's going to be in. So those planetary alignments has an effect on this planet's consciousness and everything on this planet's consciousness is affected by those planets in our solar system 
greater than any computer that we can create. Mm. Well, okay, well, that's something which you believe in. Um, I'm not aware of the cosmic intelligence. Some people might call it the almighty. Um, but I know that man is making huge strides in computers, quantum physics, artificial intelligence, and within about, I would say, less than 10 years. Um, you know, cosmic intelligence or not, I don't know. But within 10 years, we will have an artificial intelligence that if it's alive, hopefully it will not become a sentient being. But if it does, we're dead. Okay. Now, there's a movie. But, it's a movie on Netflix. And it goes in line with what you're saying. And you're seeing all these um, these people, and um, they keep having these flashbacks of a war. And um, they can't figure out why they're having these flashbacks because they didn't right. fight a war. Mm-hmm. And um, then they, they get invaded by aliens. And um, they, the, the flashbacks what? are now coming back to them now that this is what we remember. We were invaded before. So they uh-huh. start fighting back. So you're like trying, you, you, you know, you don't got a connection with the characters and stuff. So you're, you're rooting for them to beat the aliens. And then they capture uh-huh. an alien and they pull off the mask and it's a person. And right. at the same time, when the person looks, the person that you thought was a person all this time was really a robot. His arm yeah. was cut off and you could see the stuff coming out. So then the story comes out that the humans were here and the robots were made and then they took over and the humans mm-hmm. had to leave. So now the humans are coming back every 20 years to fight these robots to take back their land. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the whole time yeah. you're the movie, you're rooting for these robots, you know, thinking they're humans, <laughs> and then you come to find out, yeah. that, no, the humans are their aliens. They just wear the alien mask just, and stuff, yeah. so right. that they don't, so they could recognize each other because the robots look like humans, so they could, you know, differentiate themselves from each other. So, just a very interesting how you just put put that down. Also, um, you know, like um, when it comes down to the the technology that humans make, I try to separate that from divine technology because they, they work on two different planes, in my opinion. You know, there's a unexplained thing that happened that created everything. No one has been able to explain it. Everyone, well, a lot of people have explained it, but no one can prove what they explained, right? Because we don't know what it was, but this is here, and this is what we're dealing with, so we have to learn how to deal with this, not kind of keep putting things off to someone else or some divine intelligence or something coming to save us from this. we got to save ourselves from this, or we're going to have to learn it and learn how to use it. Um, the show I did tonight was about robot tax. So they're uh-huh. so into this robot thing, this automation, artificial intelligence, that they're coming up with ways to figure out how can we keep everyone happy once they don't have jobs anymore because these things are going to take all your jobs. These things are going to take all your your um, 
your fulfillment of doing something and going to school and working in your field and your, your study. No, that's going to be of the past. So in order to compensate people for not being able to have that anymore, is the robot tax, you know. So these as companies hire robots, uh-huh. or they as companies buy robots to do human jobs, then those robots should be taxed, and those taxes should be used to help the humans whose jobs they took. You get what I'm saying? So there, this is definitely here. You know, we're right at the precipice of that point in time where we're looking at things happening, and, um, and, and like you just said, in ten years. Who knows? This thing is growing so fast. Like I never even heard of Chat GPT. I heard of GPT a few years ago right. when they first brought out um, GPT, but it didn't talk to you. You know, what I'm saying you uh-huh. could use it to do things, but now, and just since they put out Chat GPT, they put out three other versions of it. Have you seen the um, Chaos GPT? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. And so the person who works for uh-huh. Somebody programmed Chat GPT to destroy humanity. So all this thing does all day is try to figure out how to destroy humans. And you know, people go to it and ask it questions. And, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But it, it it's pretty much laying out its format. It's trying to buy a killer tongue missile. It's on the dark web trying to you know swindle people to, to purchase this thing for it. It's this is this yeah. is a real thing, you know, and this thing could go online and be catastrophic to people. I just um, don't see any way we could stop that from happening, so I don't want to think about it. I'd, I'd like to hope that they got a grip on it, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, just like uh, the nuclear missiles, you could say the same thing, man. That gets in the wrong hands, we're all dead. So I just have to hope that it's in the, the hands of the right people, you know what I'm saying? Because there's nothing I could do once they shoot that missile. You know, and if these computers come online and determine that we're the enemy, we don't stand a chance. So I'm just hoping that they got a grip on it. Well, I, so would I, but I don't have much faith in our politicians since they um, they actually do not care for their people, regardless of what country it is. The American politicians over here don't care about uh, the citizens, and neither do the politicians, regardless of whether they're dictators or whether they belong to a republic or to a so-called democracy. They don't care about the citizens. The purpose of a government, theoretically, is to protect um, the citizens and their rights. But in actuality, it's nothing but a black hole in which psychopaths are attracted to in order to gain power, in order to gain fame, money, and to do the bidding of, um, of the lobbyists and whoever has the most money underneath the table to purchase their loyalty. So I, I, I don't have much faith either. Um, and like I said, if it does come, you know, coming online, if, if it achieves life and able to assimilate the information, because they will hook it up to the, uh, to the Internet, and once it assimilates all that information within minutes, it will be able to construct plans within minutes, alternate hundreds, dozens, thousands of plans, to kill the human race. And it won't let us know about it because it will be too smart. It's not going to, like this, um, what, chaos, chat, GPT you're talking about? I don't know if that's real artificial intelligence or not, but if it, if it, were, you know, if it were and if we're alive, 
we wouldn't even know that it's trying to uh, infiltrate the dark web. It would do so so stealthily that not until there's a there's a video up on I forget the name of the video which shows that in a month, um, uh, a robot which is powered by uh, by AI has constructed nano robots, other robots, and powered them and showed them how to construct gas. And these robots are all around the world now <laughs> in a month. And they just let the gas um, out. And within a few minutes, all the life on, the, uh, on, on Earth is just dead. So it's an interesting video. It's only about that or 20 minutes long. So um, I'm just glad I'm of the age where I don't even care, you know. Um, I'm going to die in, within a relatively short time anyway, you know, a little bit beyond the um, the actuary's uh, estimate of what the normal lifespan is for an American. And after that, you know, hopefully peacefully just pass away in the middle of the night. <laughs> and that's it. So I'm hoping that uh, I won't see the destruction that AI will um, create on this planet because it it could either just destroy us like you step on a cockroach quick death or it could be like a psychopath and tear the fly tear the wings off of flies and just kill us slowly tortuously simply because it can who knows and i don't believe much well, in divine intervention myself well whatever the case is I'm I'm going to uh, go down or go up or go around fighting because I'm, I'm, I don't, you know, I got more years behind me than in front of me, but I'm going to use the years that I have to fight it for my children and, and grandchildren. Oh, sure. You know, a person. And, and, yeah. But what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, and he, he's saying the part that, you know, ever since we've been on this 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 call and listening, mm-hmm. I've been on an hour and thirty minutes now. But every mm-hmm. seven seconds, there has been a child born on this Turtle Island, what y'all call the United States, but I call it Turtle Island. And every seven seconds, and in this day, there were over twelve thousand three hundred and. 94, I believe it is, children born into this day. All of those 12,000 are human computers. And the thing in which they've been programmed with, with their DNA in which they come from and the environments which they, they were created in, those are supercomputers that have now come onto the planet. And in every 13 seconds, you had uh, the same thing happens as far as death. And in a day, there's there's five thousand dying, and so what you're looking at is the the thing of divine intelligence. It knows how to create what's needed to sustain itself. All right. Well, this was an interesting conversation. I enjoyed it. We're down to our last few minutes. And I want to thank the callers. I want to thank y'all for participating. Thank you, Tugmo, for uh, no, putting Thank on you the for platform. the platform. Thank you. Yes, and thank everyone. Thank us. And I'll be back tomorrow with Dr. Robert X. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Thanks, thanks everyone again.
Come here. 